Hey everyone, welcome to Giant Bomb Presents. I am Austin Walker. Joining me today is our latest guest contributor, Janine Hawkins. Welcome, Janine. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, for people who have followed my my internet career from before Giant Bomb, you'll know that Janine and I worked together at Stream Friends. Worked is maybe a thing I put in quotation marks. <laughs> I was just going to say. Uh, but we did streams together. We did a lot of streams together on Stream Friends. We go back a while. Uh, so full disclosure on that, Janine and I are actually friends. I actually we streamed had, the crew together. You should mention did, that because you mentioned that stream a lot. That stream is the best. Uh, we did like a <laughs> eight-hour stream, maybe It was longer. really long. Of I think the we stopped at like we, three in the morning. We did. We drove from Niagara Falls to, I think, to L.A. in the not crew. Direct, not direct. Not direct. <laughs> God, that's a mess. It's a great stream. It's my favorite. It's one of my so favorite good. streams I've ever done. Um, because we go back, I actually had Alex review your pitches mm-hmm. because I didn't, you know, collusion and, and all of that. <laughs> uh, but they were good pitches. And so I was really happy to see that we uh, were going to go forward on one of them. And the one that we went forward on today was uh, an article about skinship in games. But before we get into that, I just want to start with who you are besides someone I streamed the crew with that one time and, <laughs> and how long you've been writing about games and what sort of things you've written about. So who are you? Well, I, uh, a lot of my work right now happens on Paste. Um, I do some reviews for GameSpot. I recently did a review for Polygon, so if people have seen me outside of streams, it's probably there. Uh, I've been writing about games for a really long time. (laughs) Not a really long time. I've been writing about a game, or many (laughs) games, for like over, around a decade at this point. A little over, I think. Um, And early on, that was kind of a focus on fashion, and sort of cosmetic elements of games. And then I sort of found my footing a bit in in a more broad kind of understanding of games and what I liked in them and what I was looking for and and uh, I branched out from there. Right, like now you review basically everything. As someone who's yeah. also a former GameSpot freelancer, what often happens is like someone says, hey, do you think that you'd be, a, be able to write about this thing for us or write, write a review for this? And you go like, huh, actually, yeah, I, I do think I could write about that. Like, mm-hmm. I do think I have, I have an angle here. I do think I have the expertise to talk about this thing. Like, I, I know you've done a lot of MMO reviews lately for, yes. for GameSpot. And that's a thing where, like, all of those years of playing shitty free-to-play MMOs <laughs> probably came into use. Yes. Yeah. Um, turns out those haven't changed that much. I took a couple years off and then and then went back into them recently and a lot of the things that were tired then are still pretty tired and a lot of things that were good then still still kind of work and are still being used. Yeah. Like you just did um, Devillion and before that you did Cabal and that mm-hmm. was a situation of just like, even though both of those are free-to-play MMOs and both share a sort of heritage of what... Uh, um, free-to-play MMOs from Asia look like. I guess Devillian, mm-hmm. is Devillian actually from... It was developed Japan. in Korea, and it's just been okay. localized by Tron Worlds. Okay. They um, just sort of there, bought the right to put it out here, there's from what like I understand. a real quality difference there. And, like, I think you mm-hmm. would only get that if you spent dozens of hours playing kind of shitty free-to-play MMOs like, like we have. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> so, but besides that, you, you do also now 
um, write about like a billion different things. And for us, you wrote about skinship in games, specifically kind of in the lead up to Fire Emblem Fates, which comes out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, when I first saw this pitch, and again, I, I kind of forwarded it over to Alex to see what he thought about it and if, if he thought it would be a good fit. Um, I definitely thought there was something there, but I also was kind of curious because we've had so many conversations lately about the question of censorship and about whether or not, you know, what was the value of that stuff? Um, and I think the thing that I liked the most about your take on it was that you didn't go, there was, there's probably another version of that piece that is like, look at how gross all this stuff is. Mm -hmm. And you completely avoided that and instead started at people want this thing. Otherwise, it's, it wouldn't exist. So, like, let's interrogate why people want it. And Absolutely. Then, and then instead of saying, like, all of it is like this one thing, you kind of make a subdivision and say, actually, there's, this, there's a spectrum of how this stuff works. So I really did appreciate that. Um, what was it that, like, kind of pushed you in that direction as a, as a writer about this topic? Uh, I think it, it was actually... Well, for one, it was my own reaction to hearing that, that the... Uh, largest part of the skinship stuff in that game was going to be removed, which is just right. when you invite someone to your room um, after a fight, sort of your your player's home base, you can invite them in and then, like, poke their face a bit and then they sparkle. <laughs> right. 100% love. that is what happened. Yeah, you know, love, friendship, bonding. Um, and I was upset when I heard that that, that that stuff was going to be taken out of the game because it was one of the things that I was most looking forward to. Uh, for me, it's also a sign that um, I have a lot of friends who don't really play strategy games, who don't have a lot of interest in kind of, you know, the military squad-based stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they love Fire Emblem so much. They love it. They right. have, you know, I have one one friend who's played Awakening over and over again at least five times. Right, um, totally. And a lot of it has to do with the relationship stuff. That's a huge part of the broad appeal of that game beyond just the people who would naturally go for that genre. Totally. Um, it's funny because, like, I, it's, I've played the Fire Emblem games for years and years and years, but even when they were not... So Awakening changed in a big way and mm-hmm. that you could, like, repeat missions and there were even more support conversations and S-ranking stuff and all that. But, like, even going back to the, the Fire Emblem games that were on GameCube and Wii, Radiant Dawn, and Path of Radiance, I think, mm-hmm. even there when I was playing that, I played a lot of those with my friend Matt and we, like, obsessed over our support, the support links the, that, that you could build, even though we were both like, oh, no, we're... We're hardcore tactics players. Like we, we play games like like the original XCOM. We play Super Robot Wars. Like that's we're here to make units fight each other. Like, we no, play Super not. Robot Wars. Is my favorite super serious sentence that maybe you never said. <laughs> yeah, you know we're we hardcore. Super, we play Super Robot Wars. We're real. Yeah, exactly. We don't yeah. care about friendship. We care about super Except robots. we totally we totally did and yeah. like. I think that's the thing about this piece that, that actually spoke to me a little bit was you kind of make the case that, like, as character development is is improved in video game storytelling or even just not character development, just, like, I, people will want to connect to characters that they mm-hmm. that appeal to them, whether that appeal is is about narration or about visual design or about voice acting or about animation – and this is one way to do that. And, and I think the thing that it made me think of was that when I was playing Pokemon X or Y, I forget which one I had, that was the one that first debuted Pokemon and me, yes. right? Yes. 
And then they put it in the remaster of was it Ruby and Sapphire? Or? I think that's right. Yeah. What was the what's the wood what's the wood sheep type called? Oh, Skiddo? Yeah. Skiddo. So Skiddo was not what I going into that game, I did not think that Skiddo would be one of my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> um, but in the Pokemon and Me feature, you could just like pet it and it did this little hop that was just the it was cutest so good. thing I've ever seen. I was like, Oh, you're my favorite Pokemon now. Like this is it. <laughs> And I, also, your name is Skiddo, but I'm going to keep calling you Skidoo because that's the way my brain works. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, like this new feature completely changed the way I thought about my Pokemon, which is not a thing I expected. So, yeah. so I, I kind of really do get why someone would want this feature in a game like Fire Emblem Fates that has a bunch of different characters and, and where so much of it is about the relationships, like the, your relationship as a player to the relationship or to, to the characters. Um, but at the same time, I definitely, I definitely understand why some of that content was troublesome, let's say, for yeah. the, the localizers at, at Nintendo. I mean, like, petting a goat is really different than petting your friend that you like talk to and hang out with. Right, or like in the case of Fire Emblem Fates in Japan, like petting your adopted sister, right, yeah, or adopted also brother, that. right. Like those are. Well, they say things a, like, "Oh, we're family. We shouldn't do this," or something. You know, I don't know if that's exactly right. what they say, but they say something that's a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's a little bit like not. You know, again, I'm, I'm not. I'm not here advocating for capital C censorship here, but I understand why people at Nintendo were like, "Man, that's going to cause a lot of trouble that that we might not be about." But at the same time. I'm really glad that there are people there in the localization department that understood, from what we can tell anyway, that the, that relationship stuff does matter to a, a big portion of their fan base. Yeah, they haven't because um, so they haven't completely removed it. They've kept in some elements that are sort of separate from the "come here and let me rub your face" side of things. Um, I also, you know, on that issue, a lot of people talk about it like the people who localized Fire Emblem Fates are completely separate from from its creation and stuff and are just like right. coming in and rolling up their sleeves and cutting up this beautiful creation. It's like, no, they're all kind of, someone had to get those changes approved. Right. You know, right. it's all working within a system. It's not someone coming in and, and cannibalizing something necessarily. It's, you right. know, there's, there's a little more subtlety to it than that, I think. Yeah. So a lot of the work that happens in the create in any creative industry is, is, is a sort of collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think, I don't think I'm being censored when Jeff edits a piece of mine and like tones down the Absolutely. attitude in one of my paragraphs necessarily, or sig doesn't just tone it down because that's not what happens. He doesn't say like, actually, Austin, you're being a little severe. He sees that's what he says. He's, ah, if he this cuts might a line, a little... he's not like infringing on your First Amendment rights. Well, and and he often says like, mm, is this really the attitude you want to you want to go yeah. with? Or like, for instance, there was a piece I wrote the other day with, and I had Alex take a take a look at it because Jeff was out of the office. That was about um, the Assassin's Creed being delayed, right? Here's a little mm -hmm. a little glimpse behind the the curtain, uh, and there was a bit early on where I said um, that Assassin's Creed that that Ubisoft kind of started this post by by talking about the successes they've had lately in terms of the Assassin's Creed Syndicate uh, reception and in terms of the Assassin's Creed movie going into production. Um, and Alex was like, wait, do you think that that's really, that movie looks kind of boring. And I was like, well, yeah, but I think it's, I think that it was success. <laughs> it's, a, it's a success that they even got it made to begin with. Like mm -hmm. someone's going to get a raise from that. And he's like, well, you should, you should make that the case. You should make it clear that that's what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, and like that is so much of any creative process is like, okay, well, what is the heart of this thing you're trying to get to? 
Um, and I kind of think you, you make the case in your piece that, that some of the changes for the localization of Fire Emblem Fates might actually get to that heart or, or highlight the core of that sort of interpersonal relationship stuff better than just the kind of throw spaghetti at the wall yeah. solution that was in Especially the Especially considering that Western audiences don't have the same experience with skinship in, in their games that, you know, Japanese right. audiences do. It's just a less common thing here. And the again, the the widest sort of example that we have of it, the most sort of well-known example we have of it, is petting a goat. It's like you're right. just petting your skiddo and it dances around right. and you feed it a cupcake. So... <laughs> I don't think it's unfair of them to say maybe this isn't going to hit the note that it did for this other audience right. here. That understands what this concept is. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I, I definitely understand. Like like I said, like I definitely understand why fans of Fire Emblem were like bummed when when initial reports were it's cut altogether. And yeah. so I'm glad that those people. I still wish are. it was in there. Honestly, like for all right. its problems, I do still wish it was in there. But you know, big old butt there. I can right. say. Maybe. It's also one of those things that, that okay. can change over time, right? That yeah. like this introduces a whole new audience to this concept, and mm-hmm. if it's done well, then maybe it opens the door for additional skinship mechanics in in other games in the future. Exactly, and ones that are handled with a little more meaningful context, I guess, right. than just inviting someone in and rubbing her face down. Right, like you do. You yeah, know. like you do. All we want, all we want, is meaning, meaningful face touching. That's all. <laughs> it's true. If only there was meaningful face rubbing in video games, every other problem would be solved. I wish there was, like, so I'm playing XCOM right now, and... And you want to rub their faces. I want to, well... You can just say it. I want to rub, I want to either rub their faces or make them date. Um, <laughs> like, it's definitely the case. This is the sort of thing that just happens, right? It's like, I was playing this this game with another friend of mine last week, uh, playing XCOM 2 with another friend of mine last week, and we got two characters with the last name Martinez. And we just had this, like, oh, they're cousins. Of course they're cousins. And you can even write that down in the biography field in XCOM mm-hmm. 2. But you can't, you know, when Jacob Martinez I don't think died, you should make the cousins date, Austin. That's not, oh my god. Good, <laughs> good. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, just the transition there was kind of missing, if that's not what you I, meant. It's not what I meant. What I was going to say was, even though you can tell those sorts of stories in your head about these games, mm-hmm. the games can't ref- about like XCOM Two specifically. The game doesn't reflect that, right? So like losing yeah. one of those Martinez, the other one was like, oh no, my cousin got killed. Like she was like, it was just business right, as usual, right? Yeah. Over and out. Like oh no, someone got killed, but not. Let's go punch it, some snakes. Bye. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which is, a sh- it's not a shame, it's just like that it reflects the focus of that game, and there's nothing wrong with the focus of that game, I'm enjoying X- XCOM 2 quite a bit, but I do, you know, that is one of the reasons why I like Fire Emblem so much, is mm-hmm. it's, it can be a really severe tactics game that also spends a lot of time developing characters and, people and don't, making... People don't enter into those circumstances and not build relationships. Like, you don't almost die beside someone and then remain completely indifferent to them, whether they're your cousin or your boyfriend or not. Right, right. And they when a game doesn't reflect that, that. It's, it is weird. Right. They gesture towards that in a game like XCOM where it's like, oh, af- in between missions when you're at your base, you can see people at the bar together or working out together. And I love that. And it, it's one of the only times I've been like, I wish this game had fake Twitter. I wish, th- mm-hmm. I, wish I could like... <laughs> Sims style, read what they're what they're up to, you know, or like you just want um, red shirt mixed with yeah. I was gonna say red shirt. Yeah, totally. Red shirt for people who don't know is is a, a fantastic, a fantastic game. You should check out. That's sort of like S- Star Trek social media simulator. Uh, it's really great. 
Um, so other than that, like, is there anything else that you think people who are interested in this side of, of uh, kind of interactive character mechanics should, should be playing or should know about? Because one of the things you kind of gesture towards in your piece is like, hey, actually this has a long history besides just Fire Emblem and Pokemon and porn games. Like, actually, <laughs> there are other things where this happens. Uh, honestly, I always go back to, um, two of, well, I don't want to say they're two of my favorite games that have have had this mechanic. They're not my favorite games, even remotely, but they're two games that sort of introduced me to it. I mentioned one of them in the article, um, Tokimeki Memorial Girls Love Second Kiss, which I think Mm -hmm. there's a translation patch for the first and the second in that series. I don't know if the third is done. Um, and also Love Plus, which Love Plus gets a lot of shit uh, because it's a video game that, you know, there was a lot of coverage about Japanese men who were like, this is my wife, and then they would hold oh, up their Nintendo right. Love DS. Plus. I yeah. totally remember this now. Yeah. Um, Love Plus and Tokimeki Memorial Girls side, whichever one you choose, I would not say that they're like the best examples of not ridiculous romance games, but I think they're both kind of a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. especially the Toki- Tokimeki Memorial, because there's a lot of, I don't know, it does a lot of interesting things that um, a lot of visual novels either don't or can't or, you know, choose not to to do. There's a lot of stuff with, you know, your outfits and uh, the the face touching, and it is called kind of a little silly, but it's still pretty good fun. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds all right. If I was in the market right now for... <laughs> Face touching. Novel. You just face said t- you well, were in the market for, market for face touching with alien okay, alien but, fighters, like. Well, like, but are these alien fighters also? And like, I don't that's, even need that's to That's the part of game. the narrative you can tell in your head. We just oh, had this conversation too. You're right. That's the part you that can't. I don't. You can't like write it in her in your in Rin's bio or whatever. You have a little <laughs> notebook and say like she's an alien fighter. And in between fights, she goes. She on likes dates. when I poke her nose. Right. Perfect. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the romance story that will uh, of of our generation, <laughs> more or less. Thank you, thank you. On that note, on the note of, I'm going to touch my my virtual girlfriend's nose in between her virtual killing aliens. alien fighter girlfriend's nose. Yeah. Yes. Uh, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to whatever else you you write for us in the future. Thanks.